0: Welcome to Data Points, a podcast by InterSystems Learning Services. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Links can be found at datapoints.intersystems.com. I'm Derek Robinson, and on today's episode, I'll chat with senior instructional designer, Michelle Spizak, about accessibility in InterSystems online learning content. Welcome to the Data Points Podcast by InterSystems Learning Services. On today's episode, Senior Instructional Designer and one of my colleagues, Michelle Spizak, will join me to talk about the various projects she has been involved in around accessibility. One of the major focus areas of the last few years within our online learning team here at InterSystems has been improving the accessibility of our content such that all learners can benefit from it. In our conversation, Michelle will explain a little bit more about what that means and tell us about several initiatives that help us achieve that goal. Michelle, thank you for joining the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Derek. Thank you. How are you?
0: Pretty good. Um, I think you've been on one before, but it was quite a while ago, I think. Yes. Maybe when we were remote. I'm not sure.
1: Yes, I don't so we yeah. were remote. I think we talked about the newsletter. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's right. That's yeah. right. Cool. So um, probably have to do a newsletter one coming up sometime soon as well to get one of those in again. But um, before we start, uh, just kind of for anybody who didn't hear the first episode you were on, why don't mm-hmm. you introduce yourself and, and tell our listeners what your role is here yeah. on the team and at Inner Systems?
1: Happy to, yeah. So um, I am a senior instructional designer here on the online learning team okay. within Learning Services. Um, I uh, review the content that you content developers produce, yeah. um, f- just kind of to make sure that it's uh, information that our learners can actually learn from. Yeah. Um, right. And uh, I also lead the um, accessibility team within online learning, um, which is what we're gonna be talking about today. Um, It's something that uh, we started within the past couple years and have um, really kind of dived into uh, and and become quite passionate about. So yeah, looking forward to discussing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, so uh, you you mentioned there your role with instructional design and Mm -hmm. like for myself as a content developer, that was, you know, since the time I started here, that was part of the core responsibility of you and, and the others with your similar role, which yep. was reviewing instructional design. The last two or three years, like you just mentioned, there's been a lot of other initiatives that yeah. have really picked up steam that we, quite frankly, didn't have on our radar much before that. Yeah. So so accessibility is one of those. Yes. Um, so getting started from the 10,000 foot view, kind of um, what is accessibility? And then you know building a little bit further on that more specifically what does that mean in the context of our online learning content here at intersystems
1: yeah absolutely so the accessibility initiative that we have undertaken is kind of it's really just a way of making our content usable for yeah. everyone at a uh at its most basic level um, some people kind of think of it as something for people with visual impairments or hearing impairments color blindness, these other you know big heavy hitters mm-hmm. um but what we have come to realize is that um accessibility is really for anybody at any time somebody could um all of a sudden need uh, you know um, assistive technology or need a a keyboard operable website um something as simple as uh you know say you're what right-handed yep Yep. Okay, so say you are um, playing hockey and you fall and you break your arm, and you break your right arm, and suddenly you can't use your mouse. Um, right. If you think of it in terms of um, this this sudden switch into needing assistive technology, um, it's not necessarily going to be something that uh, you want to train yourself to use your left arm to use your mouse mm-hmm. um, for this short period of time. It'd be right. much easier if you had a keyboard accessible website right. uh, that you could just kind of tab through and find your way through. Um, so one thing that we try to focus on is um, keeping our, our attention on all of our learners, um, making sure that, uh, that uh, we're taking all sorts of different needs into consideration as we're developing online content. Uh, we try to think of a, a, um, the uh, acronym that we, that we use is POUR. Um, we wanna make sure that our content is perceivable, operable, understandable, and robust. Um, And we can get more into that if you'd like, but uh, that's kind of at the high level, uh, making sure that anybody can access our content.
0: Nice. Yeah. And I think that's a helpful description because, you know, everybody kind of has heard of accessibility and knows what accessibility is. But for a lot of people that don't have those accessibility needs, Mm -hmm. it might be something that they breeze right by when right. it comes to like, you know, setting up a, an application and like disabling the, you know, um, the screen reader or yes. like anything that they don't no- themselves need normally. Right. right. right
1: Exactly. They gloss right over it. Right. And yeah. so
0: thinking about that more um, in the lens of making sure that all of our learners can access that stuff is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, you know, now from 10,000 feet bringing back down to the surface, mm-hmm. kind of why is it important for our content? to be accessible. I know you talked a little bit about it and that we want to make sure that everybody can access stuff, Mm -hmm. but what are some of the other reasons that it's so important for us to take that jump from not being on our radar to really having as accessible as possible the content in our our catalog.
1: Yeah, well one one stat that really surprised us um, is the fact that uh, more than a billion people in the world have some sort of disability, whether that be something um, physical or cognitive. Um, We don't know when it comes to our users. We obviously have no way of telling how many of our users have some sort of a disability. Um, Like I said, we're trying to make our content for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is the legal aspect of it. we try to make sure that our resources comply with things like uh, the um, uh, WCAG standards, yep. which is it stands for the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. Yep. Another thing is we talked uh, we talk a lot about non-native English speakers. We have lots of international yep. clients. We want to make sure that we are. Um, helping them access our material as well mm-hmm. one ways that we one of the ways that we can do that is um, through video captions yep. right. uh, making sure that all of our videos have transcripts it's huge for us right now we want to make sure that um, we're reaching people who don't necessarily uh, speak english mm-hmm. very well or have a hard time understanding it sometimes it's easier to read english than it is to right. listen to it right. and understand right. it so providing that for um, people as well um, Really, what it comes down to is just helping our clients uh, avoid frustration as they're going through our material. Um, And again, uh, adhering to legal guidelines. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. legally have to. Yeah, right. For sure. And I think um, one of the things that, you know, uh, I might steal a portion of your thunder here if you had this planned already to say. (laughs) But one thing that you've told our team in the past when we're focusing on these initiatives is. That making things more accessible is not ultimately only for people that have those disabilities mm-hmm. or those um, issues hearing or um, English as a second language. Mm-hmm. Like it's not only for them, right? Mm-hmm. How many people listening have ever turned on their subtitles on Netflix, yes. right? Because they either couldn't quite understand everything because the background music was yep. too loud because they're on the train, slight, and, they're on the yeah. train because a slight you know, accent or dialect on a character was a little bit strong. So I think that, you know, when when we think of, when we start to broaden it from just people with, disabilities, mm-hmm. I think it becomes a lot more e- evident mm-hmm. why those things are important. Yeah. Right?
1: And, and that really connects to what we were talking about earlier as my, my job as an instructional designer. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to make our content, you know, better and better for all of our clients. Right. Um, and this is a huge way that we can do that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm so, glad you've been listening as I talk about <laughs> this.
0: <laughs> for sure. Um, so turning the corner into sort of I know, I know you've, you've kind of been building up with the way that we've looked at this. Um, what are some of the specific accessibility efforts that we've taken on, right? I know you mentioned at a high level some of the, you know, closed captions mm-hmm, on videos mm-hmm. and making sure that, um, you know, uh, you know the the example of not being able to use your mouse, like having keyboard accessible navigation, yep. Yep. things like that. So, what are some of the actual projects that we've taken on in the first few years of this kind of initiative? within our content to really make the biggest impact?
1: Yeah. The, the, the first, um, and I would say one of the biggest uh, initiatives that we took on, one of the biggest projects, was adding alt text to our images, yeah. um, which, again, helps um, everybody in ways that you might not expect. Um, people who are using uh, a screen reader, obviously, they get to at least hear what an image looks yeah. like, which is so vital in so many of our mm-hmm. um, pieces of learning content. Uh, because you know, we have tons of screenshots that are mm-hmm. illustrative of, of yeah. what you should be seeing on the screen. And so right. if somebody can't see that screenshot, at least they can hear what's happening in the in the image. Um, And then another thing that alt text does is, if there is a broken image, um, which we obviously try not to let happen, (laughs) but if it does happen, um, the alt text is available there on the screen for everybody. Um, Other things that we have done, we mentioned the uh, video captions and interactive transcripts, um, including podcast transcripts. Anybody who's listening to this um, can also read along. Let's see, we also introduced a new uh, color palette, uh, which um imp has an improved color contrast which is helpful for people um who have low vision uh blindedness. and even it's helpful even if you just have like the sun's shining on your screen <laughs> yeah. um it, you know that can be uh it can make it difficult to see different color contrast um, so we've improved that um the feedback button on our uh, on the learning site is um, now operable by keyboard which it used to not be yeah. um and so that is uh that, that can help, you know, people uh, offer feedback yeah. in, who may not have been able to in the in the past or might have been more difficult to. Um, let's see. Oh, and the, uh, another one that I wanted to make sure to mention is a new one that we are kind of just rolling out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we think of them as or it's kind of called um, code boxes um, underneath uh, some recent videos that we've put out. Uh, our listeners may have noticed that um, there's a chart that includes um, important takeaway code yep. uh, that was pre- uh, presented in the video, um, along with a timestamp and a real brief explanation of how the mm-hmm. code is used in the video. There, This does a couple things. Actually, it makes, uh, it makes it so that the voiceovers are a little bit easier to listen to because you don't have to read out Every yeah. you know character in a line of code, mm-hmm. um, you can just refer to the to the uh, code box underneath the video. And then also another thing it does is, um, as you mentioned, accessibility improvements improve things for all learners. Mm-hmm. So um, people won't have to scrub through videos anymore, trying to look for that one method yeah. or that one line of code that they want to after they finish a video. Right. Um, it'll just be right there below the video. So right. that is um, something new and uh, is not everywhere yet, but we're working towards implementing yeah. it. Nice, yeah.
0: yeah. And you know, one thing that that jumps out to me about that last one, which yeah. is. Um, Something that I can relate to a little bit in the beginning of this, right? So, when we talked about first introducing this, Mm -hmm. some of the things that you mentioned, right? They, at least, I don't, I don't feel this way as much anymore. But initially, it sometimes would feel like, hey, creative, colorful, kind of unique ways of presenting things in some ways fly in the face of being accessible, like at times, Mm -hmm. and that's the way it would feel with the Mm -hmm. way we used to create some stuff, right? Create a big infographic that has like. Lots of colorful elements yep. created in Adobe Illustrator, right? Yep. And it looks great, but there's no way for it to be really read by a screen reader right. or to be kind of broken down with alt text. It's just one big right. kind of graphic, yep. right? And I think that the last example you use there of the code box, mm-hmm. right, where um, the, the, the initial first way to make code accessible, if we were just to like stick with the way we created things, would have been make sure the code is read in the voiceover, mm-hmm. right? And so then it's like, oh, man, this create this creates this real clunky approach to this because we have to, you know, have the voiceover now stall for 20 seconds to read this line of code. Right. right.
1: You're getting the HTTP semicolon yeah, right. slash slash, you know. Yeah. Right.
0: And so I, I think that was a great example of insert, you know, a, a little bit of a creative way to tackle accessibility mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to wreak havoc on the way that you were doing things. Right. It doesn't have to to inhibit your creative or like I, sometimes you can call it the sleekness of what you're right. delivering, right? right, because you want it to still be nice and, you know, you know fancy looking if yeah. you will yeah but you can have a, an alternate solution that yes. can still provide that accessibility absolutely. so i think that's a good example of that.
1: absolutely yeah we we've spent a lot of time and effort over the past couple of years in online learning as you know you've been yeah. there for every moment right. of it um developing a look and feel mm-hmm. and and um that was one thing that we on the accessibility team were really focused on trying to maintain mm-hmm. we're not right. trying to come in between you know our content developers and innovation or creativity or anything like that what we're trying to do is work with you guys to um to create content again that anybody can access and and we've had a great reception um um, to it. And I think the next steps are going to be even more um, exciting as we kind of yeah. work towards a more uh, inclusive design up front. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And,
0: you know, f- as far as the content development goes, it starts to become second nature a little bit, mm-hmm. which is a good thing of thinking about those things top of mind. Yes. Making sure you design something with that yes. in the back of your mind as far as how it's going to be received, right? Or the
1: front so, of your mind. Or so the I front say. of your <laughs> mind as well. Yeah.
0: Um, so, kind of uh, shifting to an, uh, a related question, but sort of, um, post design and post after creating this content with the accessibility in mind, how are some ways that that gets measured or verified? I know you mentioned before the WCAG standard, Mm -hmm. um, you know, not just the out of the goodness of our hearts doing this for learners, but there's also some standards and requirements to live up to. So what are some of the ways that this accessibility is measured or verified in the industry and specifically for us?
1: Yeah. So um, we went through a long research period um, when we first started the product, probably about six months of trying to get our minds around um, what are the standards, what do we have to adhere to. Um, We did some internal audits to uh, see uh, using browser extensions. Um, I have to uh, plug um, Wave and Axe and Axe Pro that we used um, to try to identify the gaps, see where we fell short. Um, After that, we brought in a vendor actually to uh, perform automatic and also manual audits on all of our pages. Yep, okay. um, and then they delivered a report, which showed us the gaps that we didn't even know about. Um, so that was in uh, 2020. So since yep. then, we've been uh, really working hard to fill the gaps, improve quality and accessibility, and especially such like that in our materials. Um, and another thing that we did to try to, um, make sure as you mentioned that uh, content developers and also our production team who do our videos yep. and our graphics um have have accessibility kind of uh top of mind is to develop a tips page yep. um to make sure that you guys don't have to you know constantly be either asking us or doing research yourself you have all of the um all of the ideas Uh, ideas that we've kind of compiled as to how to improve accessibility in our resources all right there. And that was based on, um, again, the internal audits we did, the audits that we brought in a vendor to do and everything like that. So, um, uh, yeah, kind of just... Compiling all of the different research that we've done, and Mm -hmm. all of the different um, uh, standards that we've learned about, and and audits that we've uh, that we've performed, um, is how we've kind of compiled this for the future. Yeah.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I think those things are really helpful as far as you know, just that. getting to the place of mm-hmm. having it be second nature, right? Mm-hmm. Having those things compiled are really helpful, right. so. Right,
1: yeah. yeah. And in the future, actually, what we'd like to do is to have real users test our materials right. in yeah. a way that maybe we could, um, and I know that this is something that's offered by various vendors. Um, uh, in a way that we can actually watch them uh, performing mm-hmm. tasks on our website, yep. um, using our materials, and you know, bring our content developers and bring our production specialists and yep. um, those of us on the accessibility team as well uh, to watch people use our use our stuff mm-hmm. and and yeah. see where you know their um, uh, how the access actually happens. Right, um, right. W- could be really enlightening. Yeah, yeah. exactly,
0: for sure. Um, so that kind of segues nicely into the last question I had, which. Um, you know, you that, that being a future oriented kind of um, project that could be taken on. What are some other, you know, accessibility projects or if not full blown projects, just kind of like items to tackle in the future that you see coming down the road within this topic?
1: Yeah. So um, we mentioned earlier inclusive design. That's kind of the the. Biggest goal that we have right. is that we're not just right now, we're doing a good job of creating um, individual courses or videos or exercises or whatever um, with accessibility in mind. What we want to get to is a place that as we're developing new learning objects. Mm-hmm. So um, you mentioned um, infographics. That yeah. was That's a, a really new thing. Um, yeah. thing for us, uh, that unfortunately we started developing right before we got into accessibility. So we kind of had to backtrack there a little bit and fill in gaps. Um, but what we'd love to do is make it so that as we get to the next, you know, equivalent to an infographic, Mm -hmm. um, that we do so with accessibility in mind from the very beginning. We're not just thinking of, you know, our sighted users. We're also, we're also looking at our, our users who, um, have low sight colorblindness, um, Anything like that all other uh, people with disabilities all other people who are using assistive technologies yeah. Anything like that as we are developing um, These the earliest stages of these new learning objects right. um, So yeah, that that's an, an idea called um, inclusive design that we're trying to work towards um, We're also working with our vendors all the time to uh, integrate their accessibility improvements um, and 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 kind of fitting our processes around yeah. that as well our development processes around that um and then just continuing to educate ourselves on what people need um there's always new updates to standards that we have to keep ourselves mm-hmm. informed of and then just general evolutions in uh user experience in conversation with our intersystems ux team right. who i yeah. think that you've had on the podcast yeah as we well. did yeah so just kind of in conversation with them um figuring out what's next in in terms of accessibility and inclusive design and such like that. Yeah. Nice.
0: Nice. Sounds like a lot of exciting things coming down uh, the pike for here for, for accessibility uh, as we go forward. So um, Michelle, thanks so much for joining us and we'll have to have you on again soon.
1: Absolutely. Sounds good.
0: Thanks again to Michelle for the explanation and discussion about accessibility. I think it's really important for content developers like myself and others really in any company to remember that message. Accessible content can be better for everyone not just the people who need that accessibility. I'm looking forward to seeing the ways that we can continue to make our content at InterSystems even more accessible without sacrificing any of that creativity or instructional effectiveness. That'll do it for our accessibility episode. We'll see you next time on Data Points.